You're listening to Your Credit Today with your host, Angela Setters-Vissard, sponsored by Conquer Credit Management. Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is A to the N to the G. You're listening to Your Credit Today, and you're listening to Your Credit Today with Sam and Angela. Like I said, we're going to be having these all the time, guys, and I know that you're going to get to love Sam just as much as I do. Good morning or good afternoon, Sam. Good morning and good afternoon. Good weekend. Yes. Good weekend. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So today, Samantha, you and I talked about an amazing subject that is swirling around the internet. A lot of people are experiencing a lot of frustration and chaos around the deferment programs that have been happening with mortgages and credit cards and all kinds of different payments that people have been able to defer. And Sam, you know, you and I are on the front lines. We get to see a lot of things that happen and we hear a lot of stories on a daily basis. So I thought it would be really important to share with our audience what we're seeing happen as a result of people coming out of deferment and the promises that were made from certain creditors that are not being honored. So, you know, Sam, I know we had a particular situation last week with a client that you were speaking to with respect to a mortgage and the fact that he thought that he had a particular program in line where he was going to have whatever payments he was not making put be put on the back end of the loan only to find out that his mortgage payments were reported late and now he has a balloon payment. Yeah, so um, what's happening is that whenever, you know, um, consumers or clients started calling in the beginning, um, there was so little information needed to defer anything. You could just say, you know, I lost my job because of COVID. And they say, okay, we'll put you in a deferment. And unfortunately, I think not necessarily just because of the stress of the time. And, you know, if you're a person who has multiple mortgages or you manage your finances for your whole family, you have a huge burden of contacting all of these creditors being on hold for a long time. So you're not motivated to ask a ton of questions. And I think the biggest thing is, is that no one kind of thought about, well, what happens after? What happens after I'm on deferment? What happens, you know, in six months when I still can't make my, you know, six months worth of mortgage payments, but I can start to make my regular payment. But here I here I call and find out that, you know, $20,000 is due. And I feel like that's what a lot of people are finding out. And then some of our clients, unfortunately, what happened is that they were past due when they were in deferment and they set the account up in deferment, but the deferment only accounted for what comes after you deferred it. So if you were already behind, those payments didn't count in your deferment and therefore you were reported late the entire time you were in deferment for a payment that was due before you went into, if that makes sense, like the well, that that's an important point to bring up, Sam, that you're bringing up, and thank you for bringing that up because the CARES Act was actually very, very specific with respect to that. So the CARES Act said that if you were already, just like you said, if you were already behind and they were reporting you as being past due, that you were not covered under the CARES Act when you started to defer your payments going forward. 
yeah. And the problem is, is that, you know, consumers, they don't, we don't always, we're not taught to ask what type of questions, you know, that we should ask. And that's why podcasts like ours are so important because we're giving them that information allowing them to consider the questions that they should ask. But I, from my understanding with speaking of a couple with a couple of our clients who did have to defer, you know, their mortgages, especially in their auto loans, what happened was, is when they called to put their account into deferment, they were never told that the payment that they were behind on, and I'm saying behind like maybe 10 days and 15 days, like nothing crazy, you know, mm. were behind, but maybe let's say it was due March 1st and they called March 20th to put the account in deferment. And what their assumption was, was that March 1st payment would be included as well. Their, their thought is I'm calling you to let you know that I can't make my March 1st payment or my April 1st payment, you know, or May or June, you know, and thereafter. But what they their assumption was as a consumer is like, well, if this creditor isn't telling me, okay, but you still have to make your March payment, then their assumption is that they don't have to make any payment because now their account is in deferment. And that tripped up a lot of our clients just not really having the the information pushed to them and then not necessarily considering that something they should have asked at that time as well. And what's happening is now that deferments are coming out, these previous late payments are just starting to populate to credit reports from three months ago or even being transgressed to being a late payment from right now, even though they're not technically late, but because they never made that payment a couple months ago, it's stating that they're late right now. Right. And this is why we talked about the last couple of podcasts. We talked about the importance of reviewing your statements, because if a lot of these individuals were actually reviewing their statements, they would have seen what you're talking about right now. And I think that this goes back to the importance of, you know, I actually did a podcast when we first started into the pandemic, which was back in March and also in April. And I was talking about the different measures that you needed to take when you were considering doing a deferment with your credit card company or doing a deferment with your mortgage or auto loan and what you specifically needed to ask for. Now, we with any and everything, whenever you're dealing with credit and when you're dealing with a creditor, it's very important that you retain information with whom you're speaking with, the day that you spoke to someone, and exactly have them repeat exactly what you can expect from what you're embarking on. So a lot of these clients that we're seeing this happen with, unfortunately, did not ask the right questions. They didn't get it in writing. Is that what you're seeing, Sam? Yes, there was. And there was no... They never signed anything necessarily. It was all verbal, verbal commitments. And in some instances, my understanding is that some mortgages were even automated. So you went through more of an automated system, just asking you, you know, simple press one, press two type of situations. But as we know that that gives you very limited information in your necessary you're, you're signing something, you know, verbal consent, you're giving verbal consent to something that you don't necessarily understand. And, you know, I think there are even a few people out there, Angela, who decided to take 
advantage of COVID and maybe, you know, reorganize some of their finances by putting their accounts in deferment when maybe they could have made this payment, you know, and maybe made some of their payments, but chose not to because, you know, there was a time when we were all really nervous because we didn't know what was going to happen. So we were just cash hungry. Like we just need to hold on as much cash as possible. So if I can, if I can defer my cards, let me defer my cards, you know, let me save what cash I can. And what happened is, is, you know, one of our clients, um, she did that and her husband was asking her, you know, why she chose that, you know, and just said, why did you choose to do that? Because now all the cards are, you know, maxed out and over the limit. And now they have to make these balloon payments where they could have just maybe been making the payments all along. And I think that what's starting to happen is people are starting to realize that, you know, these banks weren't even prepared to set up these this right. type of help. They had nothing in place to prepare for a pandemic or you have to think billions of people all of a sudden couldn't pay their bills. So right. they didn't have all these systems in place to to defer payments or control credit reporting or, or push information to millions of consumers who are now in complete financial distress. And, you know, in, on some level, they're in distress as well. They don't have workers that can't come to work. They don't have, you know, knowledgeable employees at such access. It was just a whole mess. And, you know, you keep saying, you keep telling us like, we're going to be feeling this for a while. And I think right now we're, we're starting to realize how unprepared the banks were for anything of this magnitude. I mean, we all were, let's be honest about that. But even all these institutions that we rely on to be prepared for anything, maybe they weren't as prepared as they could have been. And now we're all feeling it. Absolutely. And and we don't know what's even going to happen in the future mm-hmm. because, you know, what we're seeing and what we're hearing, unfortunately, is that there's going to be another huge wave of this virus. And what is the, you know, what what's going to happen in different states? Are we going to have another uh, shut-in? Are we going to have another time where we need to be prepared? And hence, this is the reason, again, friends and fans out there, why we say that it's very important to have a plan. So although we don't ever want to act in fear, because that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about, in in essence, having some faith and making a plan, writing it down and understanding what you need to do going forward. Because really, at the end of the day, things are very unpredictable. We really, really don't know what's going to happen. But if you ask very poignant and specific questions when you're on the phone with a creditor that you are deciding to defer a payment, or let's just say with your credit credit card because a lot of these credit card companies what they were doing was saying hey you know what um, we can't defer your payments, but what we can do is for the next six months, we cannot charge you any interest. So in that particular situation, Samantha, what would you say would be the best thing to ask? If a creditor is saying, I'm not going to charge you any interest for these next six months, what would you say the next question would be to ask to make sure of that? <laughs> well, my response would be, so you're not going to charge it to me ever? Like, you're right. going to yes. Are you going to wait? it? Are you going to defer it? Like, am I going to have to make a balloon payment? 
because we have to think in terms of, okay, if this was your money that you're making, are you just going to waive it? Are you, what are you going to do for your client? Think about it as though, you know, you're doing something for your client and what kind of questions your client would have asked. I always recommend before you make a call to a a creditor, before you make a call to anyone, we get flustered, we get nervous, we don't necessarily know, we might forget questions that we have, just, you know, we might have been on hold for 20 minutes and now we just want to get off the phone. So write down your questions that you have. Write down and logically think, okay, if I if I'm gonna be not charged interest, where is that money gonna go? Where is it going to, you know, like, what is that money that they should have earned going to go? And if it's going to be waived, that's awesome. That would obviously be the best outcome for the consumer. But then again, I'm going to need that in writing because what I'm not going to try to have is a $700 payment added to my credit card in interest fees in six months and then take me over the limit or or do something that I could have maybe done more gradually and would have been financially better for me versus having this huge balloon um, payment of interest just charged to my card randomly. Right. Now, let's just hypothetically say that you didn't get it writing. Mm -hmm. Okay. But... You had a conversation over the phone with an individual. You wrote down the name. You wrote down the time. You had all of the details, but you didn't have it in writing. You could still fight that with that creditor, correct? Oh, definitely. I mean, I would pull up, I would look through your, you know, your phone records or your phone, figure out the day and specific time that you had that conversation and call and request for them to pull that call and you know, pretty much say like, this is a very specific conversation that I had with Jessica ID number I-95 in, you know, Tallahassee. And this is what she said. This was my understanding of what she said. I want a call pulled to verify what I'm saying and for our verbal agreement to be upheld. Yes, absolutely. Very good. Very good. So that can save you friends that didn't listen to the podcast about what you need to do and what you need to get in writing before you actually press the button on taking these deferments. If you are absolutely sure when you were on the phone that an agent that you were speaking to gave you very specific information about how your account was going to be handled, then you can have them go back and listen to the call. And the reason that we have this is that there is a mandate that every company, when you call, you'll hear them say, your call is being recorded and monitored for quality and customer service experience. Okay, there's all kinds of different messages that they have out there. But the point is, is that the call is being recorded and it's actually saved in your record. So when a supervisor needs to confirm something, they can go back in your record and pull the calls and see what their representative was telling you. Now, in a lot of situations, we've found where a representative was giving the wrong information and the bank did not approve that. However, Because you were given that information and you made your decision off of that very information that was communicated to you, most banks and financial institutions will make the decision to reverse any negative history that has been reported because of that loophole or that gray area that that customer service representative or supervisor actually gave to you. Do you have any more on that, Samantha, as far as what we've seen and what we've done with Conquer Credit and our clients that have had those particular situations? 
Well, I would have to say that the second thing is, is just be sure of what you've agreed to. And, um, you know, if there's a, we talk about this all the time in team in communication, there is what was said and then the perceived notion of what was said. So always repeat what they've said. We do that so many times, you know, we'll be on a call with the creditor and they'll say, okay, yes, we're going to put in a request to remove this 30 day late payment. And we're like, okay, great. So you're going to remove the 30 day late payment payment. And they're going to, they'll say, yes, we'll put in a request and, you know, to have it removed. And we're like, okay, is that a request to have it done? Or is that a request for it to be investigated to be done? Because the understanding and the perception of that communication is two completely different outcomes. And we have to know to be able to communicate with our clients about what's happening. So if you, you know, when you hear something, repeat it. So when they say, I'm going to get rid of, you know, we're not going to be charging you interest for the next six months. We're like, okay, that's awesome. So what I'm hearing you say is that you're not going to be charging me the next the interest over the next six months. So there would be no interest payment due. You know, those are the types of things that you can do and reiterate to make sure that you and the person that you're speaking to have the same understanding. Very good. Very, very good. And that, my friends, is called clear communication. We love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Needed. Yes, absolutely. And so some of the things that a lot of people have deferred payments on that are not credit related are also uh, car insurance, pay- uh, car insurance payments. So, mm. you know, the one thing, though, that we really want to be careful of when that's happening, some people were not driving their cars. But even if you're driving your car once a week, you want to have that insurance intact. Okay, because the last thing you want to have is a fender bender and now you're not insured. So no matter what type of deferments you've made, make sure that you have the correct information. Make sure that you are protecting and optimizing your future. And if you ever have any concerns or questions about that, hit us up and send us an email, service at conquercredit.com. We can definitely answer any of your questions and bring up subject matters on this show. Well, I think that we have covered a lot. I think that we have helped our clients understand what it means to actually defer payments, what it means to ask questions and get the right information so that you have the right in uh, outcome. And so friends and fans out there, Samantha, if you don't have any adieus that you would like to do. No, I'm good. Okay, well, we are out. This is Samantha and Angela. You're listening to Your Credit Today and have a fabulous day.